Dorgan Ramen is a restaurant in Ashland, Massachusetts. It serves traditional and authentic Japanese ramen, Thai noodle soups, and the best chicken wings in Metro West. Everything's done in-house from scratch, and they use only the highest quality products from small farms. Co-chef owners, Papanook and Alan McIntosh, combine their culinary skills with traditional Japanese cuisine to create an authentic, amazing flavor in every dish. Located at 1 West Union Street on Ashland, Massachusetts, their phone number is 508 309-3416 or they can be located on Facebook at Dorgan Ramen Ashland and on their website as well www.dorganramen.com Another exciting episode of Goth Girl Horror, the official Hack Slash podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm your co-host, Charcy Lex. And tonight, as with the previous episode a couple weeks ago, we are dealing with another character I'm not overly familiar with called Ava, daughter of Dracula or daughter of darkness or something like that. Um, daughter of the dragon. I daughter, heard that one too. Yes, Ava is the daughter of Dracula and a fierce warrior against the darkness. When Vlad Tepes' wife died, he made a deal with what he thought was an envoy of God to exchange. The deal, the deal was his soul for his wife's life, but the envoy was really a demon and changed Vlad, Vlad excuse me. <laughs> I got Vlad out of my brain. <laughs> I can't imagine why. Can't imagine why. Go to uh, Vlad Facebook, send me a message if you'd like to order a copy. Uh, shameless plug. Dracula the demon <laughs> didn't bring back his wife as promised. Dracula cursed God and became... A monster. Gee, that sounds familiar. What he didn't know was a part of his wife did come back in the form of Ava, a small baby. She was delivered to Brother Mirren by a pack of wolves. She had the mark of St. George, and Mirren knew who she was. She exhibited an uncanny ability to find the black influences among men and wipe it out. She had been touched by the same demon that had touched her father, and she she has been with Brother Mirren, destroying her father's influence ever since. She's got superhero strength, speed, endurance, factor, empathy, and hunting skills. She's not a vampire, by the way. Um, major story arcs have Ava has discovered the spike of crucifixion, the only object powerful enough to kill Dracula, but it is stolen by Dr. Von Heinrich as she joins up with Ash Williams in order to try and get it back. She has crossed over with not only Cassie Hack, but uh, Dr- Darkness, the uh, the Darkness Jackie Astacado from Image. And, oh, she was in the Prophecy storyline, which I actually do have. So I have read a story of her. Prophecy was basically the bad girls of Dynamite comic books, big team-up, like 90s-style team-up with all these characters. And it was written by, like, Ron Mars and, and a whole bunch of other people. Um, I only reference Ron Mars because I know him. Uh, but it starred Vampirella, Red Sonia, Panthera, Ava, Ash, um, Cooling Goth, who is a Red Sonia slash Robert E. Howard created character that can exist both in the Red Sonia Dynamite verse and currently is fighting Conan in Marvel Comics. I was going to say, that sounds like a good issue. Hmm. Ava, Daughter of Darkness is basically your typical superhero, black leather pants, corset, fights with swords. Kind of a prude, apparently. Yeah. But we'll get into that and other horrors. Yes, we will. <laughs> 
Charcy has the plot synopsis for us for you can go do the plot synopsis for both issues if you have them. Just do uh, it one after the other. One and two. Yeah, just go through one and two, and then we'll go through both issues. All right, and so we have Hack Slash, Ava Monsters Ball, written by Brandon Jarwa, illustrated by Cesar Razik, which I apologize if I butcher people's names, colored by Salvatore Ayala, lettered by Marshall Dillon, and covered was done by Tim Seeley. And the publication date that I have down is May 2011. Issue 1. The issue opens with a peek at Victor Frankenstein's journal. He's talking about the Philosopher's Stone and the power that it holds. It is a link between science and mysticism. He also says that he can make dead material come back to life with an electrical impulse, but the heart itself does not breathe life into the form. He states that the stone will be the heart. For a short period of time, we see that Ava and Michael are sleeping at an abandoned church. When she kneels down to pray, the next page takes us to Cassie and Vlad, who have been staying at a cheap hotel. They are woken up by a man named Matt, who has come to them with copies and important information. Someone has been grave robbing and digging up old flashers from Cassie and Vlad's past. While Matt is giving them this information, he is shot in the head. Cassie sees that the assassins are two women dressed in black and they are making their escape. Cassie and Vlad chase after them and manage to catch up to them. Cassie slams her bat into one of the assassins, knocking her off the bike. This causes the driver to lose control of the motorcycle and crashes it. Both assassins are dead, but Cassie finds a device that could be useful to, for her and Vlad. Back at the Bronx in the old church, Michael and Ava are attacked are attacked by strange clay people. Michael is lit on fire, and while fleeing outside in the rain, he tries to attempt his, his body to stop from burning. While he is outside alone, he is captured by an unknown man. Ava is unable to save him from his kidnappers, so she finds a single living clay fiend and tells it to lead her to its father. The device that Cassie had found turns out to be a GPS system that leads them to the NYU college campus. Inside the campus is a blonde-haired man and a woman he calls Anna. He is talking about making plans that he has been planning for centuries and that Michael and Ava have been spoiling his plans all along. Just then, Ava shows up with the head of the fiend in her hand. The man rem reminds her that she knows him and that he is Praetorius, the man who, was traded, who made a trade with her over 500 years ago. Angry, Ava goes to attack him, but she is stopped and stabbed by Anna. They both collect their things and set up the lab to blow up with Ava still trapped inside. Cassie and Vlad are inside the building and hear the commotion. They head to the room only in time to see it blow up. They watch as a very badly injured and burned Ava comes stumbling out of the burning room. Vlad catches her just in time, just before she passes out. So then this leads us to issue two. And this issue opens up with Ava finding herself in the back of the hearse with Vlad. She thinks that he is a minion of Praetorius, but Vlad explains to her that he has no idea who that is. They were only in the college looking for a grave robber when they came upon her, and she was badly injured by the explosion. He notices that she is healing, but very slowly. She passes out again from all of her burns. 
Cassie and Vlad head out because the police have shown up at the college. Cassie explains to Vlad that they need to head to Detroit because in the notes that she had found in the building, Pretorius has been shipping supplies and expensive items out there. Vlad carefully explains to Cassie that they should probably talk to Ava to make sure she is okay and calm down, but at that moment, Ava chooses to grab Cassie and hold her hostage. They have to explain to her that they don't work for Dr. Pretorius and that they all have the same goal, which is to stop this guy. Meanwhile, Detroit, we see the doctor and his fiends taking Michael to an underground hideout. Several hours later, Cassie, Vlad, and Ava have all finally arrived to Detroit, but have noticed that the place where the supplies had been shipped to had been emptied out. Ava, who is now in Cassie's clothes, complains that they are harlots scarves. After exiting the building, they come across a gang who call themselves the Lone Wolves. Cassie makes fun of their name, and this angers them. Turns out they are a group of werewolves, and they transform and start attacking them. They fight together, killing off as many werewolves as they possibly can, but Cassie is bitten by one of them. Vlad gets it off of her and kills it, but they see that there are many more werewolves coming their way. They are rescued by a private security company that calls themselves the Ghosts. The, they all decide to group up, and the leader of the Ghosts tells Cassie and Ava to get changed since they were headed underground, and he wants them in proper gear. Elsewhere, the doctor is talking with Michael and explaining to him that Frankenstein had many plans for him, and that Michael carries with him, within him the secret to giving life to the dead. At this moment, the doctor also reveals who's been helping them. Turns out it is Mary Shelley Lovecraft, which we had originally been introduced to back in issue 28. Excellent synopsis for Thank the you. first two issues of the uh, four-part miniseries. We will do the second two issues in another episode coming up. Um, what you didn't talk about, by the way, in a previous uh, minute was the covers for the Hackslash Bomb Queen. Um, I'll have to... I will just record something really quick and plug it into the other one. That sounds good. I don't think there's more than one cover, too. I was going to say, I'm like, I didn't think I had any extra covers in um, the digital one that I have. But, yeah, if it's just the one, then then I guess I do have it. So the covers for the Hackslash Ava Monsters Ball are all the same, it looks like, per issue, just different color variants. Uh, there's black and white, and there's color. There's black and white color. There's negative effect retailer incentive cover and blood red high-end cover. Which I do like the blood red one. The cover has uh, Mary Shelley uh, Wolfenstein, Wolfencraft, excuse me, Kathy in her traditional outfit, and Ava in her black leather pants and uh, not really a corset, but what would you call that? It's like lingerie she's wearing. It's definitely leather with, like, very fancy lace on the edges of it. But, yeah, it does look like lingerie. Now, we're not going to go over who Dracula and Frankenstein are. You should know who Dracula and Frankenstein are. If you don't, stop listening to our podcast and go watch a movie with Dracula or Frankenstein in it or go read the goddamn book. <laughs> I was going to say, the book is fantastic, but the movie would be easier. Yes, definitely. Um, but the Philosopher's Stone, maybe some people are not familiar with that, but I remember the Philosopher's Stone has appeared in stuff. I mean, God, I think it was a plot of one of the Tomb Raider movies with Angelina Jolie, right? Yes, yes it was. The Philosopher's Stone is more properly uh, known as uh, the Philosopher's Stone, or Stone of the Philosopher, is a mystical 
alchemic substance capable of turning base metals such as mercury into gold or silver. And apparently giving life to the dead in this thing. Exactly. So we <laughs> open up with uh, Ava on the floor sleeping with... Uh, Michael is an interesting name for the monster. Um, in Marvel Comics, the monster Frankenstein is referred to as Adam sometimes, which makes sense considering he's the first of the creation of the Frankenstein monster. Yeah. And then she goes over the cross into the Bible and prays because they live in what looks like an abandoned church. Yep, and it, and I want to say it was in the Bronx is where it was located. What Marvel superhero teen duo live in a church as well? Oh shoot, I know this. <laughs> I can't, I can't get it off the top of my head though. Here's a hint: one's black, one's white. Oh, that doesn't help me. <laughs> Cloak and dagger. Thank you. I'm like, gosh, it's been so long. <laughs> I do love the fact that they, the way they open up both of them. So they're both, both of our main female characters are waking up with a monster that are very similar. Because they even, Ava on the next issue we'll get to, mistakes Michael, uh, Vlad for Michael. Uh-huh. Especially when she first wakes up. And she wakes up. But she's sleeping on the floor, though. It's like, you guys can't get a bed in there. There's, like, rats nearby. So there's some disgustingness there with the rats. And she's wearing a very conservative, beautiful pink um, nighty or nightgown. I guess nightgown would probably be the proper term. But yeah. but Cassie wakes up in broad panties. Again, sleeping in broad panties, not something usually women do, from what I've been told. They don't sleep in their bra. Especially if you have giant no. breasts, you do not sleep in your bra. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love how filthy this room is that you could just tell that Cassie and and Vlad just do not care. <laughs> right. Vlad's feet are completely hanging over. Why are Vlad's feet gray, but the rest of his body is green? But the body parts that are green are shining in the sunlight. Do you think his color of his skin changes in the sun? I mean, uh, it could be his feet are in shadows, so it looks a little different. Yeah, but that's clearly gray. And maybe it's kind of his way of versions of having a tan. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. But it is very funny that you look over to the left, Ava wakes up with the rats spoiling for food. Over to the right, you have a prostitute hanging outside the hotel. Mm-hmm. Very interesting um, comparison. Turn to what, pages? Yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting what they're waking up to. And they clearly live in the same universe, too. Mm-hmm. So that's it. It's not crossing over to another universe like she did with uh, the bomb, bomb queen. queen. Right, yeah. right. Um, then a reporter shows up with coffee for Vlad, no tiny cups, and we find out that their serial killers are being, uh, the the dead bodies of their slashes are being taken. Yeah, they're being uh, dug up, and I I do like that with the reporter that he's like, I knew about you guys because of your sight and everything, and he's like, I just, I unfortunately don't know your name. Now, do we know who these four people are? I kept thinking I'm like the first one I recognize, but I'm like I don't, I don't think they were actually issues. So I'm assuming that these are just supposed to be characters that Vlad and Cassie took care of before. Possibly, right, right. Um, this poor reporter gets to the back of his head blown out by somebody I thought that was Bomb Queen for a second. I did too, with the glasses and that. So. Right, or she looks like one of those League of Legends characters or Fortnite characters. She does. Yeah. She really does. And then she gets killed fast. She gets smashed with a bat. Probably one of my uh, favorite (laughs) lines from Cassie on this. Batter up, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. And then she gets like, the word is crunk, K 
K-R-O-O-O-M-K. <laughs> With a screech. Oh, my God. But not a good death for those. <laughs> then we switch our back over to the Bronx, and uh, Ava and, and uh, Michael like, are talking about the church and the rain. It's kind of boring. But then the zombies show up naked. With no nipples or vagina. Very weird. Because they are clay fiends. Kind of, I guess, more like the idea of being a golem, I guess? Uh, Yeah, something like that. And she just like chopping heads off, kicking ass, and taking names. And that's when somebody shows up to kidnap Michael. I believe this is the uh, the guy that she was talking about earlier. And he's got such a complicated... We'll call him the doctor. But yeah. he's such a complicated name. Other books, by the way, that Ava has shown up in are, um, besides the Army of Darkness, Ash versus the Classic Monsters, uh, Ava, Daughter of the Dragon, The Darkness versus Ava, Daughter of the Dragon, Hackslash Ava, Prophecy, Vampirella, Halloween Special, Swords of Do- Sorrow. Oh, and then she was in Army of Darkness, Furious Road. I was going to say, I, I would be really curious to see how her personality is with Vampirella. <laughs> but her first appearance was Army of Darkness, Volume 1, Number 10. Interesting. So she was a huh. character created from the uh, Army of Darkness ongoing comic book. So, of course, we see Michael, that he ends up getting kidnapped by Dr. Praetorius. I did finally remember his name. And, of course, Ava tries to catch up to him, but she doesn't make it in time. So she goes back into the church, and she finds that one of these clay fiends is still alive and speaks one word basically says father so she uses this clay figure to go find this man so that she can get michael back then we come to the next page where of course we can see that cassie and vlad are using this gps device from the two dead assassins and have come to the campus we come to the next scene where of course in the campus because this is all going on at the same time we have a Ava who is holding onto the head of the clay figure, and she is about to try and ruin the doctor and Anna's plans because they have the stone with them. But it is revealed to her finally that she has actually known this doctor and that he even tells her that he made a trade with her for the stone years ago and that he traded her a spike that she thought was something useful, but he tried to tell her, letting her know that it is just a useless scrap of metal that was made legendary by the greatest lie of all time. And, of course, we get the scene where she is fighting with Anna, and I'm not sure what Anna is supposed to technically be, but she's got to be something special because she's super strong. Because we know that Ava herself is strong. She's technically immortal, and she can heal, even though she's technically not a vampire. But this Anna literally just throws her like she's a doll and then takes her own sword and pierces her to the wall. So she's something that's incredibly strong. Just don't know what she is. And, of course, with Cassie and Vlad overhearing everything going on with the commotion comes down just in time to see that the place is going to blow up, which is interesting because the doctor literally tells Anna that he, or not Anna, but Ava, that he doesn't believe in heaven and hell, 
so he'll just create one on Earth, thus the fact of why he literally blows her up. And I do appreciate the scene, though, where you see that Vlad, um, when everything is blowing up, because Vlad could tell something was wrong because he could smell something, but as soon as the place blows up, like, his first instinct is to grab onto Cassie and protect her. And, of course, we see poor Ava come stumbling out of the lit-on-fire room, and, you know, her clothes is completely blown off, and she's burned scraps of skin and cloth are clinging to her and she stumbles out and you just kind of get that last little motion from her where she literally just says pray and then collapses into Vlad's arms. So Ava wakes up in the back of the van now into the second issue which we already gone over the covers for it. Um, by the way, both of these issues were published uh, with collaboration with Dynamite and Image. That's why we mentioned all those other characters that Dynamite happens to publish like Red Sonia and Vampirella. Uh, I read, I think the only title I read from Dynamite, unless there's something that piques my interest, is Vengeance of Vampirella. It's a direct sequel to the 1990s Vengeance of Vampirella series, uh, ignoring the Vampirella ongoing that came out after it uh, by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmati. Um, this is by Tom uh, Snigorski, uh, who came on the show for the Vampirella vs. Uh, Hackslash crossover miniseries. We, I jumped the gun on the timeline with those issues. Um, because it was because it was the month of October in 2019, and it was the twi- sorry, it was the 50th anniversary of uh, Vampirella. I was going to say it's kind of easy to do that with some of these issues, though. But so Ava wakes up and her clothes are just in tatters, and she's calling out that master, uh, your master did this, Proporius, and uh, that kind of reminds me of the name of the doctor. Petarius, I think it is, is the name of the doctor from Bride of Frankenstein. Okay, so that would make sense for the correlation then. He's the one who wants to create the Bride of Frankenstein um, against the will of Victor Frankenstein, who had pretty much given it up after what happened in the previous movie. Ah. So she says, God forgive me, my clothing, I'm not to be seen like this. I put a blanket on you. Have to go. Oh, and she passes out again. And, like, what she's wearing, which, by the way, on the cover, we have Vlad versus the versus Michael, the Frankenstein monster, and Cassie and Ava trussed up, <laughs> like, bondage girls. Kind of like with the fact of being hooked up to a Frankenstein type of machine. Right. She's complaining throughout the issue, and she calls Cassie's outfit whorish. Um... Harlot scarf. Harlot, yeah, a harlot. Um, I mean, she's dressed up like Cassie. The, the two, if it wasn't for the haircut, you would not be able to know which two are which, which is very funny. Which I did notice um, that the artist in this issue changed Cassie's eye color because Cassie's eye color is normally blue, but then she'd have the exact same eye color as Ava in these issues. So I think it was just kind of they wanted to have the differences because they do. They look a lot alike, have short black hair. They're both supposed to have blue eyes. And giant breasts. <laughs> so you look at this cover, uh, this image of Ava on the um, Evil Dead Wikipedia, and she says she's, uh, she's got her swords posed in a really weird way, and she's got like ginormous cartoon breasts like popping out of the cleavage in this like lacy 
you know, leather looks like top, and she's calling what Cassie gives her as like horse scarves. Yeah. It makes yeah. no sense that she's like slut shaming Cassie, but she herself, she's got her fucking giant big titties hanging out. I don't understand. I mean, I would think that she'd be in long sleeves, like no cleavage, because I mean, she's clearly got cleavage. She's got midriff that hangs out. It's like, as soon as that line came out of her mouth, I kept thinking, I'm like, is it because she's wearing a skirt? And she's complaining about a skirt? It's like, really? <laughs> the upstairs shot of the skirt, maybe? I don't know. It just was quite bizarre where it's like, how is she slut-shaming Cassie? <laughs> Pop calling the kettle black there, honey. Yeah, which I, I'm still trying to remember if at this point if Cassie had done anything or not anyway, so... A whore's mouth to match a whore's heart. You're about to take a whore's boot to the head, Sister Mary, stuck in your ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. And again, this is written by uh, Brandon Jarwa, who I don't know who that is. So, um, well, what happens next? I was going to say, of course, you have Vlad being like, stop now. And they run into this gang of the lone wolves, which I, I love the line from the guy who is the leader. He's like, hey, why don't you, babe, lose that? freaky Mr. Potato Head, and let us show you how the lone wolves do it, huh? Oh, my God. So but this guy... glad where he's like, he's like, Mr. Potato Head will rip your arms off. <laughs> <laughs> so Brandon, by the way, was a writer at Devil's Due Press. Um, he wrote a number of issues of G.I. Joe, uh, including one of my favorite, which was G.I. Joe Snake Eyes Declassified, which was the untold backstory origin of Snake Eyes. However... It was basically retrending on previous Snake Eyes origin we were aware of, but just giving it uh, a few extra details. Like, for instance, he gave Snake Eyes a voice before his accident. And I don't think there had been a comic book prior to that that gave Snake Eyes an actual voice. Oh, so that's cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, and I promise this will not happen to me, in 2011 he raised almost $20,000 in Kickstarter money for a documentary called Untold Tales of the Comic Book Industry, and as of uh, July, uh, June of 2017, he's still never fulfilled it. Oh, see, it, it, that's one of those things with Kickstarters where it's like they should somehow have to give that money back. After that many years delayed? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're going to be delayed in October a little bit due to uh, we want to avoid the, the hurdle of problems that the UPS is having right now, the United States Postal Service is having right now with shipping. I was going to say, years is one of those where I completely 100% understand. But, yeah, when it's years and you're not filling your promise, they should have a way to, like, retract it. The world of comics be the voices of writers, illustrators, distributors, Hollywood storytellers, and global fans of the art form. And it looks like he's got interviews with a bunch of people in the comic book industry. Yeah, raised $20,000. This is from 2011. The last update was November 16, 2020. Oh, my gosh. So it's no. actually coming. So surveys are at 81% people. We need the rest of them to get filled out. So this is apparently coming in 2021. Well, at least he's finally fulfilling his promise. <laughs> um, someone commented, what's the over-under on the pandemic being blamed for additional delays? Ouch. Ooh. Yeah, there's a couple of Kickstarters I'm part of that are no, I'm not part of, but I funded that are like, oh, the pandemic. And then there's like one Kickstarter. I was so pissed at them. They even came on Radio Horror. They like, were just years delayed or whatever. And like, we had a death in the family. Oh, that's sad. Oh, we decided to get married. Then we had a baby. And it's like, okay, guys, your life 
choices like and not getting me my goddamn video game. Where is my video game? I don't care anymore someone died. I don't care you got married and decided to have a baby. Where is my motherfucking video game? And I, man, did I let them have it on social media. Somebody, which Tim was just like, go for it. The hack slash toy has been delayed heavily. It's supposedly sitting in a warehouse, going to be distributed, and we're all going to get it January 23rd. But this toy was supposed to be out like over a year ago before the pandemic, by the way. And the last time they talked about it was in October, I think, was when they were going to finally start sending them out. Halloween. Mm-hmm. They were going to send it out on Halloween. And we're still waiting. Yeah. That was one of those where you would post it something on social media and they finally responded. Well, no, they never Facebook? responded. They never responded to the Twitter post I made, you know, calling them out. They they emailed me back. Oh, so they made it private. So. Yeah. Well, we'll wait and see if it actually gets there on the 23rd. So, But uh, if you're wondering where the Hackslash Cassie toy is, it's still coming. We'll reveal it when it gets here. I already have some opinions about it, but I'll wait until it actually gets here. I'm not a big fan yeah, of Cassie's face in the toy. If you've seen the face of this toy, it's not great. Yeah, it's it's not the best faces, especially for Cassie, but it's one of those things where we don't get a lot of figures of Cassie and Vlad, so anything that comes up, it'd be great to have them. Yeah, and they said they're going to do a Vlad figure, too. So what will Vlad be a year later, mm. a year and a half later? So these werewolves are attacking Vlad, Ava, and Cassie, and then they giant... Uh, run, you little bastards, run and hide. Uh, machine gun uh, firing shows up. And Ava is about to kill the cameraman who's filming the whole thing, and she is stopped by Vlad. Vlad reminds her that uh, this kid is not the same as what these werewolves are, that we, we need to still show mercy. So the artist, Caesar Razik, draws her with one nipple poking into the dress, but there's no nipple on the other breast. Wait, which part is that one? Okay, that's when she's about to chop the uh, head off of the cameraman, and Vlad stops her. Oh, jeez, yeah. Do you see is. that? There's like <laughs> one nipple. Am I wrong? Or both breasts should have like a nipple? You can't tell me the nipple's off to the side. We can't see it because... <laughs> I was going to say... That's pretty full view. frontal. <laughs> yeah, not at that view. Well, one's hard and the other one's not? I don't know. I, I just... Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if it was it's that possible. cold... She's not wearing a bra, so they're not exactly covered. Must be like on the set of Friends. You ever watch Friends? Yes. Okay, so certain episodes, a lot of, sorry, not certain episodes, a lot of episodes of Friends, it was very cold on the set. You know it, and it's very easy to notice that it's cold. So, um, so this guy has drawn a lot of dynamite books like Battlestar Galactica and Red Sonia, so he's a big dynamite artist. Nice. So who is it that shows up to save them? Eugene... Eugene and the ghost the of ghost. yes, ghost of old Detroit. Interesting name. Which, of course, uh, the kid is the one that tells them who they are. And then we switch over to the warehouse after uh, they they're like, "You guys can't go. Uh, we can't go in the hot zone with you two looking like the pussycat dolls." No offense. Ava looks ecstatic, but Cassie looks slightly annoyed. But Cassie is wearing a lot more clothes than she normally is. She's wearing pants. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, too. I'm like, this is probably the most that, and let's face it, I mean, obviously we're, we'll eventually talk about it, but it, when they reveal what they're wearing, it's not really that different from what Cassie's wearing anyway. So. 
And then Dr. Paterius has the uh, Mary Shelley creature in a green tank. And this is, again, another character that's also very conservative because she wears, like, Victorian-style clothing. She is Mm -hmm. naked in that thing. And we see her nipples later on, too. Oh, we do, do we? Okay, I haven't read Mm -hmm. that far ahead. Uh, but that is, uh, yeah, she is a kind of a hot monster girl. I'm going to say it. I would totally do her. She might kill me, but I would enjoy it. I, I was going to say it. She's got plenty of arms to help with. You know, I might be interested in a tentacle someplace. I don't know. Who knows? I'm open to new things with a woman. <laughs> uh, well, and I mean, it's interesting seeing her in this context compared to where I saw her character before because it was the cutesy kind of like Archie style drawing whereas this one it's like and she is she's very beautiful weird monster creature so (laughs) absolutely absolutely the ads and the issue we got a lot of dynamite stuff that kind of repeats itself Zoro rides again Vampirella Crown of Worms which I've read Warlords of Mars so he also publishes the uh you know, the um, John Carter stuff. Um, and uh, The Boys was being published at this time. The comic book, the original comic book, The Boys, which is now the TV series, worth checking out. Kirby's Genesis number two, which was a bunch of cool Alex Ross covers. That's really interesting. If you're a big Jack Kirby fan, those books are really worth checking out. You can usually find them on Hulu, uh, which is the library-free app uh, to download books. Uh, Kevin Smith returns to Dynamite. Never then uh, better... Stronger, faster than ever before. He was drawing the Bionic Man. Sorry, he was writing the Bionic Man. And I was going to say, I'm like, wow, this, and this is all back in 2011. So. Yeah, yeah. So Kevin Smith wrote the Bionic Man and the Green Hornet uh, for Dynamite. And I remember that. So There was a Warehouse 13 comic book, which is interesting. I never read it. I was going to say, how did I not know that? My friend loves Warehouse 13. So Another ad for the boys, issue number 57. Uh, Warlord of Mars, Fall of uh, Barsoom. It looks like we have the Princess of Mars on the on this uh, in this image with her clothes tattered and you know all her best parts showing. Of course, if you've ever seen the Princess of Mars, the exception uh, Deja Thoris, the Disney movie covered her up a lot. The uh, original drawings and artwork of her and everything else that Dynamite publishes, she's basically wearing. She is basically nude. She's got like nipple coverage and a crotch cover and sandals but of course then now we're going to be more conservative and cover her up yeah (laughs) something like that but she's like just full out breast out showing in every image i'm seeing online so there's multiple covers you can buy obviously of her comic books but i'm not a big fan of these comics but i do love that artwork let me tell you (laughs) not afraid to say that wrong with that the Living Corpse comes to Dynamite. This is, of course, by Ken Hassar and Buzz Hassan, who did a cover for me for Vlada, A Dracula Tale, and Buzz came on the show to talk about the Living Corpse annual Cassie and Vlad guest star, the Green Hornet year one annual, and then the Dynamic Forces exclusive comics. They would put out, like, super-duper expensive uh, collector's covers for Marvel, DC, and other stuff. And they got here uh, The Punisher by John Romita Sr., Daredevil... Terminator vs. Robocop, which had an ad in this book, Kirby's Genesis, and a bunch of other stuff, The Rocketeer and stuff. Dynamic, Dynamic Forces were like the company. I don't know if they're still around or not. So, But uh, that's all the notes I have for these two issues of Hackslash Ava, Monster's Ball, Part 1 and 2. And that's all I have as well. We'll be back in two weeks with issues 3 and 4 before we return to the regular scheduled ongoing book 
And you can find us on Gospel Horror on Twitter or individual Twitters at Chris D S A V. And you can also find me on Twitter at Charcy Lux. And you can send us an email, thatradiohorror at gmail.com. If you have any information, questions, or comments about the podcast, please send them directly to us. Please don't forget to rate us on iTunes and buy us a cup of coffee. Buy us a slice of pizza. Go to Radio Horror backslash buy me a slice of pizza and you can help donate to the podcast. We know that we love coffee as much as Cassie and Vlad do. And pizza. 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 (laughs) Good night, everyone. Good night. Do you love what you hear on the podcast? Please go to Buy a Cup of Coffee. The Radio Horror link is in the show notes, or it's on top of the Twitter page. Or you can just go to buymeacupofcoffee.com backslash Radio Horror. And you can help support Goth Girl Horror and the other podcasts here on the Radio Horror Network. Donations go towards cloud service and new equipment. Thank you. Gonna stop tonight Let the villains know That she's looking for a fight